welcome to the Home Building Hub, your essential podcast guide to building your new home. Hosted by industry experts Colin Bischoff and Darren Brennan, this conversational podcast will help better educate you about all things new home building so you can avoid costly mistakes and enjoy your building experience to the fullest, no matter which home builder you choose. Hey there folks, Colin here and welcome to another episode of the Home Building Hub here with co-host Darren Brennan as always. And today we're going to be covering a really simple topic for us and, and trying to highlight for you and answer the question or help you answer the question, should you be buying before seven-star pricing or seven-star energy comes into play? So Darren, this is something that we've we've touched on a few times. We've introduced what seven-star energy rating is and what to expect and livable housing and the changes coming into at least Victoria next year. Some states already have a couple of those in place. But I think one of the things that we, we realised recently, Darren, is people are not aware of the significant cost and implication or impact on their home as a result of these changes. And, and th- those people sitting on the sidelines right now, we want to, I guess, explain to you the pros and the cons of doing that. And um, that's it. It'll be a nice, short, sharp episode, but just give people that, I guess, some food for thought. Absolutely, Colin. I guess maybe quickly I'll kick off by what is seven star? What does that actually mean? So, um, and what is livable housing? Um, so seven star is the new regulation coming in, meaning that your house has to be more energy efficient. So it's going to mean things like double glazing of windows, potentially smaller windows. Um, you're going to have to uh, have additional insulation in your home. Um, you're going to need to have uh, solar most likely on your home, depending on um, on the energy efficiency to offset any electricity usage. Um, so these are coming into play in Victoria on the 1st of May. Um, and, and then add to that the livable housing code. So what basically the government's trying to encourage is that homes become more uh, wheelchair friendly, essentially. Um, and so there's a bit more space for people around bathrooms and stuff. So wider hallways, um, et cetera, for a wheelchair to get through or for someone with a, um, one of those sort of carts that they might be, you know, I don't know what they're actually called. It's funny enough, uh, I was with my mum yesterday and she's got one at the moment because she's got a bit of a crook hip. But, you know, the carts that you see older people walking around with potentially. Um, so they're going to need wider hallways for that. You're going to have to have a, a transition from outside your home into the home. So um, a lot of builders are going to end up having a flat slab in their garage so there'll no longer be a step down. So that'll allow for that transition area. Um, potentially provisions for handrails if required, et cetera. So those changes are all coming into play. And I guess the, the reality is if you add more to your home, it's going to cost more to build. So that's the juggle um, in the short term. The long term, I guess, uh, is there's going to certainly be some um, savings for keeping your home hot and you know, with your heater and how often you need to put your cooling system, et cetera, on. So there's certainly some advantages there. Um, but obviously uh, those things come at a cost, Cole. So maybe maybe what do you think about the, some of the cons, I guess? So let's go against the, the negatives of what impact that's going to have on people. Um, and then I'll talk about some of the positives, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No worries at all. So I think, Darren, the negatives are pretty clear to us and, and what I mean by us is those of us in the industry. Um, but I actually think that a lot of people out there, uh, new home buyers, uh, are not necessarily aware of, of what's coming um, and not factoring that in. 
I just we did an episode on that titled versus non-titled land, and it really highlighted to me that people are not, probably not educated on on this seven star and livable housing. And it's not that you need to know the intricacies of what's going in and what's going out and that sort of stuff. It's more around just understanding it's going to cost you know twenty k plus potentially. It could be thirty, it could be fifteen, but it's going to cost a lot of money to upgrade to seven star. Coal on mm. some big houses. We're talking significant size houses, 50, yeah. 60, 70 square homes. Um, yeah. And some of those costs are in excess of 50 grand. Like, yeah, right. Well, it's big money. It's big money. Well, it is. You know, I think what concerned me and the reason for this podcast is just to, um, or this episode, I should say, is just to highlight to you guys, guys, you need to factor that in. Um, if you've got advice coming from a family member or a friend or a finance broker or all of the above, telling you, look, just hold off. Interest rates will get back to normal and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But the question I would ask you is, do they understand what is about to come mid-next year or just pre that in terms of these additional costs for seven-star, additional, I guess, restrictions really for the livable housing? So oh, you, you'll talk about the positives of it. I'll, I guess I'm going to highlight one thing, Darren, is due to wider hallways and, and turning circles in toilets and things like that that we need to address, we probably can't fit a four-bedroom home on a little lot anymore. It's going to be down to a three-bedroom home. Or if it's four-bedroom, they're going to be even smaller, you know. So the design you can get away with today that doesn't have, you know, the requirements of livable housing is severe, I guess, is so much less impacted. You can have a four-bedder on a small lot and get away with it. And four beds going to probably yield you a better rent if you're an investor. Four beds going to allow one of your children to have their own room rather than, you know, buddy up with with a brother or a sister. Like these are, are really important things. So whilst the interest rate may be high and people are working out whether they can or cannot afford something, waiting until May next year, just a personal opinion, I think you need to factor in and consider is the cost of what it's going to be Design-wise and financially, next year going to outweigh the the interest rate. Um, I guess impact right now here today. So if you've got that, we always say this, Darren. But if you've got the ability to purchase a house now and your broker's given you a green light, um, and in this case they've, they've said you can borrow, but let's just wait. My advice, and again, we don't offer financial advice and that sort of stuff. It's just my opinion, perhaps, Darren. I should say you should really seriously look at getting in in the next three months or so before these come into play, okay? There'll be some form of, I guess, a bit of a rare commodity, these these houses that we can build and get away with today um, in terms of the constraints, okay? They're obviously positives. Darren will cover that. So, yeah, they're the, probably the main deterrence for me, Daz. I just think there are too many people sitting on the sidelines who do not understand the impact of what's about to come their way if they wait to pick a design post May 2024. That's yeah, in Victoria, that, that is. I think that squeeze on people's finances right now, if you're all of a sudden having to add 20, 25 grand to the cost of a build, that's just made it mm. even harder to be able to afford, you know, um, where, uh, you know, again, who knows where the interest rates, you know, I thought, I think we all thought interest rates are sort of at their peak and now it's probably a little bit of, are they, or maybe they're going to go up again and, you know, mm. what does that look like? So, you know, but either way, I mean, if interest rates go up, if you go up, you've got $600,000 loan, interest rates go up by a quarter of a percent, you're talking at about $100 a month, maybe just over. So six months out, 
it's cost you $600 more because of that interest rate rise. Um, but if you look at if it costs in six months' time, it's going to cost you 20 grand more to buy the house. Mm. Like, so if you're trading off those costs, it's, it's significant, um, you know, in the long term. So, I, I, you know, I certainly understand where you're coming from there, Cole. Probably, um, sorry, Daz, the one thing I didn't mention was the land component, which is obviously pretty important. You, you talked about Seven Star and, and it really will impact the orientation of your land is going to significantly, significantly impact what you can and cannot do with your design. So if you've got a block um, that you, know, you already own, like today, you really shouldn't be waiting. You need to go in and see what, what you can get now in the next few months um, before those those regs come into play and, and then you'll be subject to the restrictions of the seven-star smaller windows and all that sort of stuff, you know. So just be mindful of that. I didn't mention that one, Darren, yeah. No, for sure, mate, for sure. I guess, um, yeah, so some of the, the pros, I guess, would be you're going to have a seven-star rated home, so the house is going to be more comfortable to live in um, from a from – a, um, uh, coldness and warmness factor, I guess. So the house isn't going to get as cold and it's certainly not going to get as warm. Um, so understanding that's the case um, is going to be really great. Um, you're going to have, uh, in terms of the livable housing stuff, you're going to have a home that if you're, you know, in that home for a long time and then at some stage you might need to be in a wheelchair, you might need a, one of those little trolleys to push around and you might need that bit of extra space in, not bashing into the walls. You know, wheelchair can get between the doorways, et cetera, so that can be really good. Um, could be even just that, you know, transition into the home, being able to get into the home without having to step up, you know, um, over a step and trip over and, and, and prevent some of those accidents that can happen. Um, so I think there's some um, positives. Um, in terms of your cost to run that home, so your gas cost and your electricity cost is going to be lower um, because of the fact that you can have solar system on your roof. Um, it'll be all installed, so you're not having to do that after handover, et cetera. So those are going to be some of the real positives out of that. From an environmental stance, it's a fantastic option, right? Mm. I don't think anyone's going to disagree that anything we can do to reduce the use of fossil fuels is going to be good. Right, going to be good. Whether you, you know, I think even uh, I, I'm, I am more skeptical around all that stuff, Cole. I've got to be honest. Um, you know, around global warming and all the rest of it. But I sit there going, look, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not certainly all with or all against, but I'm somewhere in the middle there. But, um, you know, I think it's got to be a positive thing. I just put solar on my own house for the same sort of reasons: save money, help the environment. So, you know, hopefully those things will certainly come into fruition and help people out. Um, one more I was thinking of there too, but it might have uh, slipped away on me. But, um, yeah, I think there's certainly positives. What I was going to say, sorry, is if someone's considering buying your home versus buying your neighbour's home and yours is seven stars and theirs is six, I'd like to think you're going to get a better ticket value on your home. So hopefully, even though it's cost you more, hopefully the market sees your home is worth more money because it's going to save them money in the long run of living there and operating there, et cetera. So I would see those as being some of the real positives to come out of the the new regulations. Um, I guess that brings us back to our conclusion then, Cole. So mm. does someone wait or does someone, you know, uh, you know, make the decision and jump in earlier before that date. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think um, obviously we, we structured this episode to be steadfast on one one or the other. Um, 
I was obviously team build now. But but I look at it, to be honest, my personal view is I look at it both ways. I see the environmental benefits and we have to move to a seven star, if, if not better. There's a lot of things we need to do for our planet um, and this is a step that other countries have made, you know, well before us. And so something I think that after May next year, it'll become the norm and I think that's a good thing. Um, the The point for me probably remains is that if you've got an opportunity now to get in before that that time frame, you've got to weigh up, is it, you know, having uh, the seven star in my home worth it or am I better off to get slightly bigger bedrooms, you know, and, and be subject to the current conditions or the current requirements, which is six star energy and, and, and not having livable housing restrictions. I actually think that the livable housing benefits um, I mean, they come from a really good place, and, and that is essentially you can buy yourself a house and, and you know, for, it's generally for the elderly, Daz, but, you know, someone has an accident or, or you know, is their, their wheelchair bound as a result, they can stay in the home that, that they purchased and that they built, you know, because it's it's been provisioned for, you know, and I think for a lot of people that's a really positive thing. I, I have actually heard some clients say the complete opposite to that. They say, well, I'm, I don't want a livable home, a livable housing home. I don't want wider hallways. I don't want to ramp into my yeah. house, et cetera, because I'm 25 years old or I'm 35 years old and I don't need it. So I guess I don't want to sit on one side or the other, but I understand where it comes from. I think it comes from a good place. And in, in the long run, as we always say, like it'll be the norm for everyone. It just There's this window of opportunity right now, the next five, six months, probably a bit less than that, I'd say, by the time you wrap things up with your contract and whatever. Um, in Victoria, I think if it was me, I'd be taking advantage of building now, getting the, the regs that are available today because I can probably get a bit more space and a bit more bang for buck in the actual floor plan and the design and, of course, the price. What about yourself? My my opinion is probably not dissimilar to you, Cole, in that respect. Um, you know, some of the design changes, I look at some of the bigger homes that we build, um, some of those homes we may not be able to build in that fashion anymore, particularly based on certain orientations. So you may have your heart set on a particular home um, and that's going to be the challenging bit, right? So today you've got your heart set on a particular home, but you just don't want to bite the bullet yet and, and you know, make that decision to move ahead and then you make the decision middle of next year and you can't have the house anymore, and you're going to be pretty damn disappointed, particularly if you're not educated on that. So, you know, all of a sudden, yeah, the house of your dreams has gone out the window because your block of land doesn't provision for that house in that orientation. So I think that's going to be a big one. Mm. Um, well, I'm definitely a fan of heading towards Seven Star um, in terms of what it does do environmentally, you know, saving on your bills, et cetera, you know, making the house more comfortable to live in. They're all positives for sure. Um, the, you know, the ability to deliver that on certain lots is going to be really challenging moving forward with certain designs. And then there'll be other designs that they'll need absolutely minimal to get to seven star. And then you, you know, so the cost is going to be pretty minimal in there. Um, you know, and, and we'll, we'll probably orient out on most lots really well. So, you know, if that house design is the one you're currently looking at, great, fantastic. And, 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 you know, you maybe you don't have to make that decision yet, but, but get some advice around that as soon as you can so that, um, 
you know, you, you're making a very well-educated decision. And we often say that, Cole, is get in and talk to the sales consultant. If they're not the, giving you the right advice, you're not comfortable with that, you can always reach out to ourselves and we can help you a little bit in that space as well. So feel free to, to you know, message us and we can certainly um, help you there um, and, and help guide you, I guess. And, and again, it's, it's our opinions on how that's best going to work, I guess. So, yeah, hopefully that gives you a bit of insight. But, um, mm. yeah, I would suggest uh, there's going to be quite a few people making a decision to build between now and <laughs> the 1st of May, Cole. So hopefully uh, yeah. we'll see plenty of people out in the market there ready to make a decision. Yeah, good point. I, I think um, there, there will be a mad rush pre-May in Victoria again, I have to say. But So if you are going to think about it, jump in maybe in Feb or March before that absolute mad rush comes in. Yeah. yeah. There definitely was a mad rush in Queensland as well. So they've yeah. had a real push to get theirs through. Um, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to say it was the end of October was they had to have contracts issued, um, et cetera. So, you know, they've been really flying up there. You know, yeah. I know um, our team up there has had a, a few very good months of um, additional people walking through the front door purchasing a new home because of that regulation and trying to get in early. So, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, good feedback, good for you guys just to take the other side uh, on board and, and I guess give let us give you a bit more insight and uh, food for thought, as we said. So as always, guys, if you've enjoyed the content, please leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're on. If you have any feedback, jump on the website, homebuildinghub.com.au. There's a little contact us section there. You can leave a question, some feedback, et cetera, uh, which we're enjoying. We're getting a little bit of that now, Darren, which is great. Um, and I guess if you want to... If you don't know myself or Darren, you haven't really listened to too many episodes. If you want to learn a bit more about us and about what this podcast is all about, why we're here, what we're, I guess why we're doing it, uh, go back to episode one. There's a bit of an intro on the two of us. I think it goes for maybe 10 minutes or so. Um, and that is about all, Daz. We might leave it there, hey? So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Home Building Hub. As part of the podcast, we have to be a little careful to cover ourselves on a legal standpoint. So we do have a disclaimer. Whilst we're all about providing value to you, this podcast should not be considered legal or financial advice. It does contain general information only, and you should seek out independent professional advice on your own personal situation before you make any legal or financial decisions.